0: I'm shaking my head at Her notes? You're, you're like, I have two
1: paragraphs. Yeah, I've got 10 pages. One, two. Three, Goodness. Four. Are those your notes, Jonathan? <laughs>
0: I'm feeling very um, subpar. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Jonathan.
1: And I'm Brecken.
0: And we have a fun episode today. Colorado. Yeah, the second most gem-rich state in the country.
1: It is, after...
0: California.
1: And so funny, they come after each other alphabetically. Yeah. Which, you know, here we go. Our two biggest states, boom, boom, right together.
0: Right together.
1: Most interesting. Well, I mean... I don't know that because I haven't gone through all the states yet, but California and Colorado have proved to be extremely interesting. Yeah. Uh, Good week. Yeah. Great week. Exciting times. Jonathan found out he was related to Charlemagne. How did that come up? Well, do you want to tell... It actually has to do with jewelry.
0: Kind of, yeah. So my great-uncle and my great-aunt... So David Tezric, uh-huh. who was the international president of shuring Plough Pharmaceuticals, mm. um, and his wife, who was supposedly
1: a Brazilian princess,
0: supposedly. But oh, then my, yeah. but then my other aunt said at dinner that she was just a um, a beauty pageant, like <laughs> so.
1: Queen, queen, either way. (laughs) So
0: we were trying to figure out her last name because we know her name is Nancy, Aunt Nancy, but we didn't know her last, her maiden name. And so I got on and started doing some genealogy, trying to track it down, which I didn't do. Because he got remarried, and so mm-hmm. I was able to find his we second were, wife.
1: So this all came about because we have a piece of jewelry that right. we believe belonged to her,
0: which it didn't. It now didn't. that we're understanding, it was actually a gift that he, that the two of them gave to my grandmother.
1: Yeah, and it's probably it's a suite of amethyst. Of amethyst,
0: yeah. uh, probably uh, they bought it in Brazil, so mm-hmm. it's probably Brazilian amethyst, and it's an 18 karat gold, and it's a big. Necklace and earrings and ring and so is
1: tiniest ring size. It's yeah. A, a three and a half or a four. Yeah. Oh, ooh, I didn't I haven't ever tried the ring it's, on the one ring in house that might fit me. <laughs> there we go. It's Super re- tiny. It's
0: really tiny. Anyway, it went out to a, a sale from one of our clients at Morrison Smith. And so I was trying to get some more information and anyway I ended up signing up for this family tree genealogy website. And ended up looking, you know, going down the rabbit hole of figuring out. And so, yeah, eventually you can trace my, my grandmother, so my mom's mom, um, the Allison's, which then goes back and married into a French family and just keeps going back and back and back all the way to... Charlemagne, Charlemagne and even further so then you can trace it even further. Gemma That's is scratching cool.
1: the carpet. Gemma, come on, just pick a spot. There you go. She's not lay used down. to a haircut. Why yeah. did you
0: talk to her? She was ready to lay down <laughs> and then was. you make yeah. her get up.
1: Gemma's our dog. She's she's in the recording studio always, and typically she's very well behaved, but today she's itchy. She must be itchy. She just got a haircut. There we go. Yeah. So just to make sure we're on trend with our last podcast, Colorado is number forty five of most hated. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty not hated. Yeah. 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 Not not right there with uh, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> but I told Jonathan after this whole thing, I said, you better start calling me Kate Middleton. I'm married into royalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Sorry. I <laughs> I know I have to like pull away from the mic because this is going to stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm married into royalty. I have big expectations now, sir. Uh, like, you're like, like you where are my royal jewels? <laughs> yeah, where are <laughs> <"Where> my emeralds? <laughs> like, he's related to like Vanderbilt's, Van Cleefs, all these other big historical names. And really the only reason he can trace himself, actually he can trace himself back past Charlemagne. Yeah, yes. all the way it's so cool. Is because they're royal. Royalty. Yeah. So. Yeah, peasants, you can't go back very far. My 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 people. <laughs> my <farm> people. stock. <laughs> So yeah, I guess you would be like Kate Middleton Yeah, I am (laughs) Although my great grandma always said we were related to Sir William Wallace Yeah, but She has not gotten on Freedom! She has not
0: gotten on the genealogy
1: No, so maybe I'll have to do that eventually And figure it out You're going to do it next week as a follow-up to the podcast As a follow-up, I'll tell you I I really truly believe that we are just farm people (laughs) That's okay uh, so anyway, Colorado. And yeah. Your Royal Highness, would you care to tell us what their state gemstone is? <laughs> no,
0: their their state gemstone is aquamarine.
1: Yes, it became their state gem in 1971. And so a uh, little history on it. It, w- it was actually quite difficult to find history about who discovered it and when.
0: Yeah, so,
1: 1800s. Yeah, 1880. Uh, there was so... This was a deep dive, this, this episode. Um, in the 1880s, there was a little note that they began prospecting. And I was like, well, who, f- who found it? Who found it? A typical Google search. Nothing was coming up. Um, some modern discoveries were coming up, but I was sifting through things and I found one sentence, one little note that said it was discovered in 1881 by Nelson Wanamaker. 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 And spelled several variations of that. Sure. Um, I eventually, so I ended up Googling who this Nelson Wanamaker guy is. And I ended up on genealogy.com. So Here we sorry. go. It's
0: the genealogy episode. <laughs> it's
1: the <a> genealogy <laughs> episode. But it happened to be a letter that one of his like great nephews wrote about him. Okay. Uh, so he's one of four boys. He had three brothers. He was born in 1842 in Ohio. And all of the brothers rushed out to Colorado during the gold rush in 1859. So he would have been 17 years old at the time. Wow. Uh, no luck. No luck. And a uh, census report shows him as a hunter in Montana in the 1870s. And then eventually made his way back to Colorado and he partnered with a man named John C. Graybill. Now, the interesting thing, and I'm just going to diverge here about this character, John, (laughs) is he is an iconic photographer of the West. He uh, photographed kind of probably one of the first most famous pictures of Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Hmm. And he collected signatures to petition the government to make it a national monument so this guy's kind of cool he's he's like an old west character he had photography studios in like deadwood and like all these other old west towns and he got in a brawl in the street and he pulled a gun on somebody i mean this guy was rough and tumble i mean this was the wild west back then yeah so anyway if anybody doesn't know devil's tower it was the the mountain that was featured in the 1977 film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's where the aliens made contact. I mean, super cool land feature. But I we digress. So together they discovered Aquamarine on Mount Antero. Antero Antero. 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 Yeah. Antero. Like an ant. Like an ant, I said it wrong. Antero. Antero in Colorado. Yeah. And in this in this letter. Uh, from one of his great nephews it talks about of course you know Wanamaker sold some of the stones to George Kuntz of course Kuntz had to be involved somehow (laughs) there is actually a letter from Kuntz requesting more stones from Mm. him so he kind of prospect up there up there through the years and eventually you know sold them kind of through a mail catalog kind of thing and and uh attracted more prospectors to the area and there you go but let's talk about Mount Mount Antero.
0: So it's over fourteen thousand feet tall, mm-hmm. and that's the interesting thing is in this area in Colorado, um, it's in the Rockies where they find where they find all these
1: amazing skiing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's actually a little further south than where most people think of. Yeah, for the for skiing.
1: So it, it so it is like southwest of Denver. Yeah. And it's it's like south of Aspen yeah. and like east of, or, of Butte. Yeah. So it is still in kind of that same mountain range, but not where right. you have all your super yeah. posh ski towns.
0: Yeah, like there is a ski resort there called Monarch, but it's oh, not as not nearly as well known. Yeah. Um so so the aquamarine is found. Uh, it's, it's pretty much always found over 10,000 feet, usually closer to twelve to 14,000 feet, Right. which therefore where it's located, it usually only has like three to four months a year right. of mining possibility.
1: Right. And even during those three to four months, like it's the conditions are rough.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're still working at it's still twelve cold. to 14,000 feet, so yeah. not a lot of air, this hard equipment there. This
1: isn't an afternoon trip to take the kids on.
0: No, no, it's <laughs> it's a little bit harder. Uh, there is a lot of public land still there, so there are places that you can. But then there's a lot of um, claims right. that are just marked with, what are those little rock towers called? You know, that you stack the rocks on top of each other.
1: Oh, gosh, I know the name. We, do, uh, we build them with the kids.
0: Yeah. I forget what the name of that is. S-
1: someone will tell us. Rock anyway. stock. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they, they,
0: that's how they mark their claims in some places, and then there's like rock and mineral clubs that own claims, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's still kind of the wild west.
1: It is recommended though that if you do go up to prospect, that you do purchase a claim.
0: Yeah, because yeah, partly because you don't want to be you don't want to step on someone else's right, and,
1: and they and people can get quite protective. And oh I don't yeah. I want to butcher the name. What's the name of the rock formation?
0: Uh, It's called a Karen. 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 Is that what it's called? Karen. C a r n r n c a i r n.
1: Okay, so look out for those (laughs) (laughs) rock stacks.
0: (laughs) Well, stacks are rocks.
1: But uh, it so and they can get aggressive.
0: Oh yeah, they work hard. I mean, people, I mean they
1: they do carry guns up there. I
0: don't know, miners. It's more about they If you're you, if you're on a hike with your kids and you pick up a rock, they're not going to shoot you. Yeah. It's more about if you go into someone that's obviously working a claim and you start digging around. Don't,
1: don't be a claim jumper. Right there, you go. Claim jumper. Claim jumper. It's a old old, old fashioned term. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Jonathan was saying, it's super high altitude. There's fast moving weather. And crazy lightning storms. Uh, there's a story of a mining legend up there. His name is Jim Greica whose truck was struck by lightning up there. And it blew a hole the size of a fist in the back of his truck. And it blew up a propane tank. And it vaporized his beer. So problems- His beer? Yeah, it vaporized his beer. Crazy. And he couldn't, he had no peripheral vision for like eight hours and he couldn't hear for like six hours so he was in the truck yeah so i mean that's how fast the weather moves like incredibly fast so you have to be really careful uh it's not prospecting up there is not for the faint of heart right
0: yeah i was driving up there visiting a client at one point and i got hit on a snowstorm in the middle of in in like october snow on the ground not like oh it was snowing but like yeah driving on you know snow-packed roads in october it was
1: it's pretty intense there's also so basically, picture this you're you're prospecting on the side of a mountain, mm-hmm. and it's loose gravel, right? It's loose dirt, it's loose gravel, and then there's all these mountain goats walking around kicking boulders down on top of you, which mm-hmm. can push you down the side of the mountain. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, like I said earlier, I would not do this. this sounds fraught with danger, like <laughs> unless sounds I, amazing unless I go up with some guide that's like. I know where to find some. We're definitely going to find something. <laughs> you're There's not going to no catch definite. me up there just prospecting. That's why it's called
0: mining. It's the same thing as what it's called hunting and fishing. It's not called getting.
1: Yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, we're not taking the kids. This isn't this isn't kid-friendly. 12,000 feet. We'll all have like... Well, I like, mean, they're
0: four right now, but I mean like when they're like 10 or 12.
1: I don't know. I mean, and you got to... If you're coming from California, you got to have a couple days to acclimatize to the altitude. California.
0: Why are you picking California? We live sea in level. Idaho. Sea oh, sea level.
1: level. I'm okay. thinking of it. If you're coming anywhere from sea level.
0: Why didn't you say that? I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're coming from Ohio, we're in altitude. Like, <laughs> the girls <laughs> are going to be fine. All of Ohio is sea level, but if you're coming out from like somewhere sea level, you're going to need some days to acclimatize to the like, altitude. sickness sucks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So. It's actually been quite popular recently. Um, There have been some recent discoveries. It seems that the only real commercial operation of mining on Mount Antiro began in 1952 uh, with a gentleman by the name of W.H. Cardwell and his son Grady Cardwell. Uh, Grady was an ex military person and retired from the army and decided that He wanted to set up a mining operation. It was in the 50s. It was after the atomic bomb went off. So they were prospecting for minerals because America was on the hunt for natural resources. Um, So they basically opened it up. They had to complete this huge road that basically goes all the way to the summit. It goes almost all the way to the summit. It took them years. After they completed this road, they staked their claim and they began pit mining beryllium. Um,
0: sounds safe
1: it didn't look safe to me and so pit after pit produces aquamarine and so then in the 1970s really beautiful blue aquamarine so finally in the 1970s they decided to focus their operations on solely finding gemstones uh grady the the son of the two that started it retired, turned it over to his son, Tommy. And eventually Tommy's son, Craig, and his wife took it over and operated today. And they're kind of famous now, but we'll talk about that in a second. Because now we're going to go talk about another guy who found like the largest aquamarine crystal ever in wow. Colorado in 2004. So recently... Yeah. Okay. So in 2004, a man named Steve Brancato discovered what is known as Diane's Pocket, and he named this after his mother. Isn't that Aww. sweet? Um, it contained a 37 by 25 inch aquamarine crystal. Wow. Weighing close to 100 pounds.
0: That's a big crystal.
1: If you do want to go see it, it is on display at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. But, I mean, a pretty incredible chunk of aqua marine. Now, this guy, he's quite the character. Um, He was in the area prospecting for topaz, which he had found earlier. And while he was digging for topaz, a 25-carat blue hexagonal crystal just kind of rolled down and hit him on the knee. And so, obviously, he said his boring day of prospecting for topaz became incredibly interesting when this rolled down and just... Basically smacked him in the face. Um, He said he immediately unearthed a cavity the size of a trash can lid. And for about two days, he dug down six feet. And he said, get to this guy being a character. He said it was the longest buzz he ever had. Like he was just riding high for two days. He said he was cold, but he didn't know it. His fingers were bleeding, but he didn't care. He was just digging for two days. He said he kept having to replace the battery in his headlamp because he was just digging through the night. (laughs) Finally, a friend climbed up and found him just surrounded by crystals. I mean, can you imagine? So his friend helped him dig for about two more days, and they packed out about 100 aquamarine crystals. Um, There's actually some really nice specimens of it still intermixed in its matrix with other gemstones that you can see. At other museums in Colorado, I mean, I'm mean, a pretty incredible find yeah, you know, for, you know, prospecting Topaz. Um, mostly, though, your aquamarines from Denver, not from Denver, but from Colorado are sold as specimens. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really see them being faceted or cut for jewelry. Not as much. Most I actually have that. never seen one faceted or cut for jewelry. I've always seen them as specimens. Yeah. But maybe that's where I'm looking. Maybe I don't yeah. Know.
0: Tucson yeah, Tucson and mineral, mineral places. Mineral shows their specimens.
1: Yeah. Um, Aqua mining in Colorado has seen a huge renewed interest renewed interest because of a TV show, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about until doing this episode. But I'm like, maybe we should go back, and that should be what we watch instead of House Hunters. Yeah, it's called Prospectors, and it's on the, the Weather, Weather Channel, Channel which <laughs> seems like really weird
0: yeah i'd heard a little bit about this because we had someone call in and looking for specifically for some colorado aquamarine and so i went down this rabbit hole a few i think it was sometime last year Mm
1: -hmm. and did you find colorado Mm. aquamarine no i
0: I didn't find any of my sources that specifically handled it so i was like i I can contact these people you know google it yourself and (laughs) find it but i was was like i don't have any specific sources for it
1: yeah so both of the the people that we just talked about craig cardwell and steve broncato are featured on the show Hmm. so i mean pretty cool so if you want a piece of uh colorado aquamarine you can find them at mineral shows there are specimens around or you could go prospect yourself get yourself a claim i think they go for about 200 bucks And you can get yourself a claim and drive up the mountain Do it. (laughs) I'm not. not. You're not going to find me up there anytime soon. Especially not because it's winter now. But.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of ending. Season's over.
1: Season's over for 2020. Maybe Mm -hmm. 2021. Yeah. Probably not. (laughs) All right. So uh, another cool thing about Colorado is it has quite a beautiful state mineral. And we haven't really talked about state minerals at all because, let's be honest, they're not, some of them aren't super interesting.
0: Yeah, some of them are more rocks.
1: But <laughs> they but are. But
0: the, the Colorado's <laughs> is uh, rhodochrosite, which rhodochrosite is uh, a manganese carbonate mineral. And it is the very best material is red, but it kind of goes from like a pink to a red. Sometimes it has other trace elements and trace that make it go kind of yellow or brown or something like that. But most of the time, it's pink to red, Um,
1: and that's from the manganese.
0: Yeah, and from the manganese. And uh, it—we don't talk about it. We haven't talked about it as a gemstone, even though it is kind of a gemstone as well as a mineral, because it's so soft. Mm Is it's a three and a half to four on the Mohs scale, and it has. Perfect cleavage
1: in three in
0: three directions. I mean, that's, that's so it's incredibly of. difficult to facet. Um, you can okay. find faceted material, obviously. It's really only good for like pendants and earrings because yeah. it's so soft. Yeah. Um, it's but also it is,
1: difficult to get a really nice polish on it because it's so soft. Because
0: it's so soft, but it is beautiful. It's a really, it really beautiful it's, red. It's an electric red. red. Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 really beautiful and interesting and there's been um it's it's probably more well known from colorado from the sweet home mine in alma colorado um which is south of breckenridge
1: yeah um i have some more things to add about the the stone rhodochrosite so what jonathan's talking about is called single crystal rhodochrosite and that's found in peru south africa and this mining region in colorado But there's also another that people are probably a bit more familiar with when we talk about rhodochrosite, which is it's a a translucent to opaque aggregate specimen. So this is what you typically see with a pink and white banding. And if you remember from GIA, it's the banding that looks like bacon. Mm-hmm. And so we called it bacon strips. Right. And so that's what I think most people think of when you think rhodochrosite is that aggregate of minerals. Right. But what we're talking about in the Sweet Home Mine is a single crystal version of that. So you just get that beautiful red, Pink, red vibrant color. red color. And uh, I just, I mean, it really does look like bacon strips, so that aggregate yeah. stuff. I mean, that's how we... Yeah, that's how you separate it from like rhodonite, which is another I mean you get those two pink, confused, pink, yeah
0: color as well, yeah,
1: but all right, I digress because we were talking about bacon. I had to talk about bacon,
0: <laughs> so the sweet home mine, which is the most famous of the mines in Alma, Colorado, um it's at about ten thousand five hundred feet, so again, a high mining area
1: i I mean it's not far from where the aquamarine is found. I mean they're not close, but they're not far. They're both
0: in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) Which goes from what, Mexico to Canada? (laughs) No, No, I mean they're (laughs) not not that
1: far apart. No, they're not that they're
0: not that far apart in Colorado. But they're they're part of that same mountain chain. Mm -hmm. Um but it's a different area. This is much closer to where most people think of for the ski areas for for in Colorado and so forth.
1: So the Sweet Home Mine was discovered in 1873 uh, by gold prospectors. So they were they were going up um, all the canyons and gullies in Colorado looking for more gold, and they found a silver ore deposit um, that they named the Sweet Home Mine. But this silver mine was not incredibly successful at all. So early miners thought that the silver veins um, high on top of the mountain, its uh, Mount Ross might continue uh to to the mountain's core so what they did was they uh, tried to intersect the veins and they tunneled straight to the base of the mountain which didn't really help them with silver mining but became especially exceptionally useful for rhodocrestite mining <laughs> and so they they tunneled like a half a mile into the base of this mountain um little silver, but by the 1880s, the Sweet Home Mine became famous uh, among collectors for the highest quality rhodochrosite specimens. Uh, the mine closed in 1893 after the price of silver dropped, and then it was reopened in the 1920s uh, by a gentleman named Edwin Sp- Ray. And at that time, there was an amazing pocket of rhodochrosite that was discovered in 1926. And one of the interesting things I found out was all of that rhodochrosite, all those specimens were bought by one dealer in Colorado Springs for $900. Hmm. You can't even buy one tiny specimen of rhodochrosite from Sweet Home Mine for $900 now. I mean, and he bought like the whole pocket, a big, beautiful pocket. Um, in the 60s, the mine was leased out to a Texan where they drilled, uh, 1966, they drilled into a pocket that would basically redefine what collector quality rhodochrosite was. Like this was like material they had never seen before. And it was during this time that they discovered what was known as the Alma Queen. And at the time... I think they self-named it the finest mineral specimen in the world. Hmm. But just, I mean, to think about it, and when we're talking about rhodochrosite specimens, you're talking about this brilliant neon pink red rhodochrosite on like this white, beautiful white matrix background. So it, it really is a stunning mineral. Right. Um, they closed the mine again in 1967 because silver prices were too low. Uh through the 70s and the 80s, demand for mineral collecting increased. And so they leased it out to a couple prospectors during this period who had some small success, but not huge success. And that leads us to 1991.
0: Yeah. And then the ni- in 1991, it was leased out again. And, uh, that's where they had great success from 1991 to 2014 and they use ground penetrating radar to help find these pockets. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they used science to kind of get it, to get even more and you can, and this is where they discovered the Alma King, which is 14 by 16 and a half centimeters, which it's like the best rhodochrosite, um, specimen ever and it is at the denver museum of natural history along with the what's known as the crystal wall which is a seven foot by eight foot reconstructed pocket so they reconstructed they we took gotta out go the visit whole it. we've thing. got
1: family we've got friends in denver we're going yeah. to visit this museum because it sounds insane
0: yeah and it's the core's um it's the Coors Gem Hall is Like the, Coors Beer? I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's go. the Coors Gem Hall at the Denver Museum of Natural History. It's supposed to be really amazing. I looked at some of the pictures. They've got some really cool specimens and that kind of stuff. But that's where the that's where those the two famous things with the uh, Alma King and the crystal wall are. Yeah,
1: very, in ninety one they just decided we're gonna give up on silver. Yeah. It's not productive. Let's I'm focus
0: nervous. on and, and it's not just rhodochrosite that they find there. It's, you know, they find other specimens there as well.
1: Yeah, I read an estimate though, and this might blow your mind, although it might not because I've looked at purchasing some rhodochrosite, that the cumulative value of all the specimens collected from the Sweet Home Mine exceeds $100 million.
0: can't believe it over Take the years. Take that, I mean, silver mine.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah,
0: if you go back to the, you know, you go clear back to the 1800s, I mean, it's been a mine operating for like 120 years, 140 years. Yeah, you know. I
1: remember going to the Smithsonian with Jonathan. We, we had a private tour of some of the back rooms of the Smithsonian. And they take you into, you know, through the store and kind of into this back room. And there's like the most beautiful, sweet home mine, rotocrossite specimen back there. I mean, it's just gorgeous.
0: And if you are interested in collecting it, mm-hmm. um, I am. I believe one of the part <laughs> one of the partners that that leased the mine at that point is uh, they have a website called CollectorsEdge dot com, mm-hmm. and they have specimens for sale from the Sweet Home Mine, starting at seven hundred and sixty dollars.
1: Merry Christmas to me, Jonathan.
0: Yeah. And they also go up to $24,000.
1: Very Merry Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Still so, cheaper
1: than Benito White. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Cheaper than benita White. But it's, uh, it's, I thought it was really interesting that you can still definitely find specimens. I looked for some specimens of aquamarine and I did not find as many options. It's much right. more difficult to find mm-hmm. aquamarine crystals from Colorado. Yeah.
1: So. uh you cannot go to the mine
0: no so it's please not open. please
1: don't go it's it is private land there are no trespassing signs yeah. um i got on a couple forums of people asking if they could go through old tailings and stuff like that and the the mine owners are pretty much absolutely not a lot of the tailings have been reclaimed or in are or or are in the process of reclamation so they don't want you going there and digging right. and disturbing that process right
0: right so, so, but like, it is not the only place. The Sweet Home Mine is not the only rhodochrosite found in Colorado. So there's other places. That's
1: well. true. On uh, on one of these forums that I was on, there was a woman that was like, oh, yeah, we have a mine. And and she's like, if you want to come, you can. So do your research. There are, yeah. you know, you have to just contact some of the mine op- owners in the area. And I'm sure you could yep, go or, check out some.
0: Yep. Gem and mineral clubs. And that
1: kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe we should like. I don't know. Can we take a sabbatical?
0: A Sabbatical to mine one year. <laughs> We're just gonna take a whole summer. off. We're just gonna take just a whole summer minors. off and
1: go. <laughs> you'll be fine here, right? Everyone'll yeah. be fine. Well, if Tucson doesn't happen, <laughs> I guess that's what you can do. Well,
0: it's still a little cold to mine. We'll just go on true. sabbatical.
1: And now there's there are um, quite a few other gemstones that are found in uh, Colorado. That Colorado is known for amazonite, mm-hmm. which we haven't talked about at all. But it is a cool opaque gemstone that's got mm-hmm. a tealy color to it. It's very pretty. Um, diamonds.
0: Yeah, diamonds. Right on the Wyoming, uh, on the Wyoming Colorado border, there is the only other commercial um, diamond mine mm-hmm. that was has ever been in the United States. It's yeah. no longer operating, but it wasn't. It actually didn't stop operating because of lack of diamonds. It Stopped operating due to financial and legal problems.
1: So, in addition to diamonds, you can also find amethyst, smoky quartz, topaz, topaz all these, all these other uh, gems and minerals. So, I'm sure if you want to go prospecting, there's safer places to go than Mount Antiro to find aquamarine, and you can have some. There's even opal, I guess, in Colorado. Yeah, that's
0: what I read. Which
1: I didn't. I didn't look too much into it. It's probably common opal. Probably. But oh, you know how we feel about common opal. <laughs> So common. So common. Basic. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're losing it. It's Friday the 13th here. It's a snowy day in Idaho and it's, it's cold Friday. <laughs> we're ready for the weekend. Uh, but we want to thank everyone so much for tuning in to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken.
0: And I'm Jonathan.
1: And if you want to see what we do in our real life, you can always visit us on Facebook or Instagram at Parley Gems. And uh, we'll see you next time. What's the next state? What's after Colorado? Connecticut? No. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, and Idaho. So, so I'm not quite sure that Connecticut and Delaware have much. Yeah. We might have to do a Connecticut, Delaware, Florida thing, Mm. but we'll see. We'll see. Wait, Florida's state stone is moonstone. It is, but I, I think in my research, I discovered that Delaware doesn't even have a state gemstone get with the times maybe we need to go lobby their their uh, house of representatives their yeah. state Well, their state we'll Congress. do our research
0: and figure out what it should be
1: I think we should yeah we could go and petition gem, it a gem junkies political quest to, to get Delaware a state gemstone if they don't have one already I'll have to check on that but anyway thanks again for tuning in and we will talk to you next time where we'll discover if Delaware does in fact have a state <laughs> gemstone <Just so. laughs> bye everyone bye